Yeah, big regrets, big regrets. G'day guys and welcome to Holly the OT Podcast. My name is Holly and I am an occupational therapist looking to create a judgment-free zone for all OT students, new grads and early year therapists. Join me as I give my honest opinions on the highs and the lows and the ins and the outs of being an OT. Before I start today's episode, I would like to acknowledge the Uwalaray people who are the traditional custodians of the land. This episode was recorded. G'day guys, welcome back to Holly the OT. I've got a great episode today. I know I've said that about the only three episodes I've recorded, but I'm tooting my horn. I think it's a good one. It's all about tips for placement. You've probably heard them all before, but I'm going to tell them to you again. There's nothing groundbreaking but it's just the stuff you sort of need to hear and and remind yourself. So I'm going to get into that a little bit. But first, I'm going to share my therapy win. My therapy win for this week is not really directly client-related, but I think it's a pretty good one. So if you listened to the last episode, you know that I am moved to the Outback to start working really, and I've just come back. This is my first week back as I'm recording this. And I've had so many new referrals and we haven't even advertised really that I'm out here. I think we did like one Facebook post and yeah, I just had heaps of new referrals and I just, I'm just so stoked that I am reaching so many kids in such a small community. Like I'm pretty sure the town only has maybe like 2000 people, probably less. And it's the only town for like an hour where there's nothing else around. So the fact that there's so many kids that need my service and I'm accessing them, sorry, they're accessing me is amazing. So that's my win for this week. It's been a busy week. I have done a few initials. I've got a few initials next week, but I love it and I'm busy and it's great. And yeah, but yeah, that's my win for the week. Nothing else to really update from that front. Everything's plotting along and, and the podcast is really starting to reach some people, which is so, so cool. I've had quite a few new followers over the last week. The last episode was really well received. So for anyone that listened, thank you. Anyone that sent in feedback, thank you. I, I love to know that people are actually listening. Even if there's only one person that's taking something from what I've got to say, I am stoked. So thank you so much. Keep sharing with, with your friends, with your OT communities, with your colleagues, and let's grow such an awesome community. To kickstart today's episode, I just want to, I was planning on doing this episode later down the track, like I've got a bit of an agenda written out on my Google Doc about the episodes I want to sort of release and then this placement one wasn't until down the end. And then I sort of remembered, it's placement season. A lot of you guys listening are probably already on placements or you have another one coming up if you're doing your big block at the end of your degree or wherever you're at. And I know every university does it does it differently. And I know I have a few overseas listeners. I can see the stats and can see where people are listening from. So for those overseas, unfortunately, I'm not familiar with your university programs, but I'm assuming there's the same level of placement that we do in Australia. So all these tips are pretty general, but I would love to learn more about what placement is required for other degrees in other countries so if you are listening from overseas let me know like send send in how often you're required to do placements and and what sort of hours i'd be fascinated but yeah my first point for placement my tip is to be excited and i know that's like so easy to say but i 
I remember like I loved placements. I absolutely loved placements. But the lead up to a placement is quite stressful. If your uni was anything like my uni, you probably won't find out until pretty much the last minute. And I know my allied health assistant, she she was from a different uni and she had a, a similar experience. And it's hard to get excited when you're stressed out and you don't know where you're going and you don't know your caseload and you can't prepare. But this is the time you're going to learn your skills and this is when you're going to consolidate all your learning. And it's so exciting. And I wish I was more excited for my placements. I also did my last uh, my last two placements in the midst of COVID lockdown. It was very hard to get excited about anything at that stage. But I wish I pepped myself up a little bit more and I would have gone into my first few days with a little bit more enthusiasm. Not that I wasn't enthused, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh God, it's been a journey to get here. So be excited. It's so cool that we are able to go and learn so much practically before we are qualified. It's unreal. And yes, placements are long and yes, placements come with their challenges, but just be excited. Point number two, research your caseload, but within reason, like show some initiative and get to the bottom of what your your main caseload is you're going to be seeing and any like anatomy you need to touch up on or any models or practices or whatever. And if they send you some things to read, like probably read them. But don't feel like before your first day you need to know everything about that caseload and everything you need to do and exactly how it works and exactly what your role is going to be. Like that that's not realistic. You're a student going on placement and there's no supervisor expects you to walk in the door and be able to regurgitate to them everything you're going to do as an OT in that caseload and every therapy example and every assessment you could possibly use. Like it's it's not realistic and it's great. It's great, great, great to research and, and show that initiative. But yeah, just don't feel like you need to know it all before that first day. That's what you're there for. You're there to learn and your supervisor should I'm not going to say will because there are there are some not fantastic supervisors out there, but your supervisor should ease you through that and get a gauge of where you're at and every student will be at different places just based on their own experience, but your supervisor should then tailor what they teach you to what you already know. So please don't feel like you need to walk in on the first day and know everything. In an ideal world, we all, we all know it all, but it's just not, it's not realistic. My next point is all to do with self-care. Now, I don't know if this is a thing that all unis do, but I remember I think it was third year placement just before we were about to go. We did a lecture on making like a self-care plan and finding out the things we like to do when we're exhausted and when we're emotionally fatigued and physically fatigued. And it was really nice. And we we wrote up a self-care plan. But then I sort of found it put too much pressure on myself because there are some days, like placement is hard and placement is long and placement is often the first time students are working full-time hours. And then I would come home and I would have this big list of self-care things to do and I just sort of wouldn't feel like doing any of them, like going for a walk or going to the gym or, you know, some days you're going to want to do those things and some days you're not. So I guess in terms of self-care, Again, it's all about the balance. Like you will want to do that some days and obviously it's so important and there's a reason why it was on my self-care plan. But there's going to be days where you've had a really rough day and your self-care is going to look a little different and your self-care is going to be making a cup of tea and lounging on the lounge, lounging on the lounge, laying on the lounge, being on the lounge and not moving. And that's fine. So don't 
feel like you need to set this unrealistic expectation of, oh yes, I am doing my self-care plan, I will hit 10,000 steps today and I will do some yoga after work and blah, 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 blah. If you can do that, great, wonderful. But don't pressure yourself to do things if you're not feeling it. Ride the waves. It's going to go up and down. Like placement is long, it's exhausting and you're going to feel the feels. Some people spend years trying to find the balance of work-life balance and it's not something that you realistically will have down pat by the end of a six-week placement. And just on that, my next point as well, which sort of taps onto that, but is a little different. Don't feel guilty if you need to work, like if you need to go to paid employment. In an ideal world, and we've been told this from the start of uni, and and we know when it's going to be, but if we have jobs, the expectation is, you know, you save your money, that way when you're on placement, you can support yourself. And obviously that is ideal. But if you're one of those people that wasn't able to save as much money or unexpected costs come up or you just have rent to pay and even if you have money saved, you still need to have an income coming in and you need to go to work after placements or on the weekend, don't feel guilty. I worked through pretty much all of my placements. In my last two placements, I also was still working full-time, work from home, so it was a little different. But like I had other responsibilities and it was very much looked down upon from the lecturers. And I understand where they're coming from. I know why they tell us not to work and, you know, our focus needs to be on placement, but it's also not realistic in this day and age that people can just drop work financially for one and two responsibility wise. Like I've been in manager positions at my work. I've had a lot of responsibilities and it's just not always feasible to drop everything and, not do it so if you need to work do not feel like you're disadvantaging yourself I've been there and I thought oh god I'm really not giving myself the best crack because I'm going to be more tired than the other students and it's hard but if it needs to be done it needs to be done next point is more of like a practical point like a life skills point and when I do this I notice it so much the next day but get as much ready as you can the night before pack your bag get your lunch ready in the fridge if you're taking lunch lay your clothes out or even just know where they are if you're like me my room is either clean as a fiddle or a bombsite having a clean room and knowing where everything is so I can just get up and go the next morning, especially if you've got early starts, like if you're doing a bit of a commute or you've got to get on public transport or whatever it is, prepare yourself. If you can save yourself that little bit of stress in the morning and you start your day off on a good foot, and this could be for anything, like this doesn't have to be just for placement, even just going to uni or once you start working, the more you can get ready the night before, the better. And I know that 900 million people have said this, and this is not some holy OT wisdom, but I just know for me that helps me so much and just starts my day with so much more clarity and I'm just not running around like a headless chook and it's great and it gives you an extra three minutes of sleep in. And when you're on placement, you need that three minutes. Sleep in. Point number either four, five or six or I haven't counted this whole episode, so whatever we're up to. This is one of my biggest uni regrets and... I hate myself for it. No, that's a harsh word. I just, I'm annoyed at myself. And this might just be a my uni thing. I'm sure there's some sort of form of it in every single Australian uni. That's just my gut telling me that. If they ask you to do like learning journals or reflections or whatever it is, do them. I 
did not do them. I faked pretty much all of them. I did them in the last week and I was reflecting on like eight weeks beforehand. I did like the bare minimum sentences because they don't get marked, but they just, they mark them as a whole. They don't read them, but they just want you to do them. Oh gosh, I just, I wish I did them. The amount of times now that I'm working and something happens and I'm like, oh, I did that on placement one time. What did I actually do? What did my supervisor tell me? How did I, you know, what was, what was the whole process there? And I just have to rely on my memory, which is not great when you're overloaded with information. I wish, I wish first, first and foremost, I wish I did them with more intent. I wish I did them with proper reflection and proper justification of what I was doing and and why I did an XYZ. And then I also wish I kept them. I could not tell you where they are. They might be in one of my many houses over the last couple of years, in the trash, on some old computer. I don't know. I do not know where they are. And I just, I would love to read them. And then on that as well, if you get any resources, if they give you any assessments, I used to keep folders at the end of the placements. And then I don't know what I did with them after. You don't really think how much you're going to reflect back on that when you're working. Cause I guess you just assume your new workplace will have it or you will learn it again or whatever it is. But it's really cool to compare and see, Oh, if I can take some ideas from that or whatever it may be. So keep everything. Obviously, de-identify it where where necessary. And if you need to scan things into a computer, save it on the Google Drive, whatever it is, just save all your stuff. Do your learning learning journals. Yeah, big regrets, big regrets. My next point is just something to reflect on. And just like all students have different learning styles, every supervisor is going to have different supervision styles, I guess. And I was really, really lucky that all my placements were really, really good. And I had really, really good supervisors, but every single one of them was so different. And every single one of them delivered feedback and instructions and yeah, just were really, really different. They did them really differently. So just keep in mind that you know, when you're talking to your friends and, and they're saying, oh, my supervisor did this for me and, and is helping me with this and your supervisor's not doing that, it's not to say you're getting a, a bad experience, you're just getting a different experience on your placement. Every supervisor is going to do things differently for a multitude of reasons, pending the setting, pending their own personality, pending the the organisation they're in and the rules and regulations they have as well. Now, if you have a supervisor that isn't supporting you at all just because they're supporting you differently that's fine but if you're not getting the support you need and you're not getting the supervision you require reach out to your uni sooner rather than later if it gets to the end of your placement and things are looking a little grim there's only so much the uni can do but if you reach out earlier and you know it might just be a matter of sitting down and having a conversation with your supervisor saying this is how I like to receive feedback this is how you give me feedback can we meet in the middle or can we have more supervision times or can we do it in a different way? Whatever it is, like it could be a million, million things and the uni will support you through that process, but they can't really do much if you don't let them know right to the end when things hit the fan and it's not looking great. So be open with the uni, the support is there and just, yeah, remember every supervisor you're going to have will be very, very different. The next point, which is sort of carrying on from that, is the best way you're going to learn on placement is by asking questions. Ask whatever questions you want to learn what you need to learn. 
but it's important to find out sooner rather than later probably when is an appropriate time to ask questions. Now, if you're in like a hands-on physical role, it might might be appropriate to ask questions while you're with clients or while you're actually doing things. But I dare say most supervisors probably would prefer you didn't ask questions in front of clients just so they don't feel like they have to justify what they're doing and and sort of you know, really delve into it in front of the client. Sometimes those things are better done in private. Some supervisors might be like, yep, any single time you have a question, come to me, interrupt me, ask me a question. Some might be like, let's have question time at the end of the day or at the end of the week, whatever it is. As my last point was, every supervisor is going to be different. In that instant, write down your questions, write down every single question you have, whether it's a little question or whether it's a ginormous policy driven question like you need to sit down and delve into it my last placement was a work from home placement and I would have scheduled time with my supervisor at the end of each day to just go through things and ask any questions I had and if I didn't write questions down I would get to the end of the day and think oh what was that question I was going to ask oh it must not be important and then two three days later I was like oh I needed that information that's what that question was so keep a diary write everything down and that way everything you want to know you're going to find out and your supervisor will be so happy to give you the information that you need this next point relates directly to if you're doing a hospital placement and if you haven't done a hospital placement you'll probably be like oh my god what is she talking about but if you're doing a hospital placement placement particularly in acute setting you're going to need to learn all of the abbreviations and you sort of touch on it a little bit at uni. I don't know if they still do, but you sort of get a little bit of an inkling like of the basic ones. But in the acute setting, people write in the craziest abbreviations. And I don't think it's – it's a, if you're in that setting, you're obviously so used to it. But like at NDIS, we write full sentences, adjectives, all that jazz. Acute, none of that. You are succinct. You are to the point. Everything that could possibly be shortened is shortened and it makes so much sense because it's a very fast-paced environment. You don't have time to sit down and fluff words up. Now, in that sense, you're going to see abbreviations. You're going to read other people's notes and be like, I have no idea what that means. Write it down, ask your supervisor later or write it down and try and figure it out. And that way, next time you're going to write a note, you have got the abbreviation there so when you're giving your notes to your supervisor to get feedback you've got all the abbreviations in place I remember my first ever hospital placement my supervisor said wow that note was fantastic you retold every single thing that happened if someone read that they would be a fly on the wall and she was like we're in a hospital that's not what we want I was like all right great noted and from that moment I was like yep I'm gonna have the most succinct succinct ugh, that is such a hard word succinct notes possible so write them down and keep a little log of it same with like the templates I used to write down the brief template so I was doing it exactly how my supervisor wanted it every time until I could do it without referring back to it it's all about writing things down when you're in these high pressure environments you're not going to retain as much information as you probably think you will write things down refer back to it when you need to and you'll be sweet I actually have a funny story about that of a note that I wrote that was wrong and caused a bit of a stir in the office it was funny at the time um so if you know like patient is pt lowercase and then physiotherapist is pt uppercase if i'm correct please correct me if i'm wrong but that was my memory of it and i was doing a joint session 
like a joint functional review with one of the physios with a lady who became incontinent of her feces and I wrote in my note PT in uppercase was incontinent of feces during functional and the PT read the note and came to me and was like hey do you think you might be able to change it because it it sounds like I was incontinent and I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry and I never did it again and I was so careful on my uppercases and lowercases so don't make that mistake do not upset your physios because you want them to be your friends you need them on your side in the hospital (laughs) my final point to wrap up this this short but good episode is the best thing you can do on placement is show initiative Unfortunately, in placements, there will be downtime. Maybe not all placements, but I know in my placements, there was definitely downtime and there was definitely time that I had to fill the gaps. And often places will have like some online learning you can do and like they give you free reign of their system and their resources. And there's nothing worse than your supervisor coming back from doing something or turning around and you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs and you say, oh, I've got nothing to do. If, the, if it's appropriate, ask your supervisor, hey, is there anything I can help you with? What can I do? I've done what you needed me to do, blah, blah, blah. If that's not appropriate, then find things to do, whether it's researching your client that you're going to see tomorrow or revising your notes or practicing writing some more notes or researching therapy methods or, or theories or whatever it is. And then if your supervisor comes and sees you doing that, they will think that's wonderful. Or if they ask you, hey, can you do this for me for tomorrow? And you're like, no worries, sis, already done it. That's how you're going to earn your brownie points. And that's how you're really going to get your speffer points up um, in placements. That's my biggest tip. Show the initiative. Unfortunately, sometimes when you've got to fill time like that, it can be like pulling teeth when you've really got to dig for things to do. But that's some of the best learning time is when you're researching and finding your own things. And yeah, that's my final point. Now, I'm doing a bit of a call out for anyone that's listening to this episode. I have a new segment that's going to be coming up towards the end of the year. And I want to interview people that have been a new grad and want to share their experience. I want to get someone from every every area. Now, you don't have to have had a good experience. You don't have to have a bad experience. I just sort of want people to be honest. And if you want to be anonymous and not say your name or where you work, that is so fine. But I just think there's, I've just heard so many stories of new grads being treated really, really unfairly and by some really, really well-known organizations that have very specifically targeted new grad marketing programs for their jobs. So I just really want to do what I can to get the word out there about what you should be looking for in a job, what you would go back and avoid if you could, and just really help out the new generation of OTs coming through. As we know, the demand for OTs at the moment is crazy, which unfortunately means people will post on Seek and post on Indeed crazy, crazy things in their job ads to get people in and then they're just not following through with it. So I want to teach people what questions to ask, what to look for, what to avoid, just so they're not making the same mistakes that I hear so many new grads are making. Not that it's their fault, it's not a mistake, but you know what I mean. So if you would be keen on doing that or even if you just want to hear more about the questions I'm going to ask before you make up your mind, that would be really awesome. I've got a few people that have expressed an interest, which is really, really cool. But I want someone from every OT area and even two, whatever. The more people that want to share their stories, the better. And yeah, just send me a message on Instagram and we can organize a time to chat. 
But that is it from me for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. As always, share it with your friends, share it on the gram, send me a message, any feedback, what you liked, what you didn't like. I'm all ears, want to hear it. And thank you so much for your support. Bye, guys.